Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and sometimes mind-boggling side of tech available on the interwebs. I am your tech fanboy, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, we're talking Sandbox VR. They're about to launch a Star Trek location-based reality experience. Robotic contact lenses are on the horizon, and they're going to allow you to zoom in by blinking your eyes. And happening in this week's What The, a plane makes an emergency landing on a road right in front of a cop in Washington State, and it's all caught on video. That and a whole lot more coming up on today's edition of your weekly tech update next. Hi everyone. Well, you don't have to worry about Rover roasting due to that dog mode bug anymore in Tesla vehicles. The company has confirmed to Engadget that it's rolling out a fix for a flaw that disabled the automatic temperature regulation if you manually set the fan. Quite an oversight, I'd say. You can now leave your EV knowing that your pooch should stay cool regardless of any of your personal settings. The uh, person who drew attention to the problem, by the way, Unicorns Rawl Sued, has already received the patch. There's clearly a publicity element to the rapid turnaround for the fix. It both softens the blow of the initial flaw and makes Tesla look that much better by delivering a solution so quickly. At the same time, this does make a case for over-the-air car updates. In uh, conventional cars, well, you might have to wait ages for a fix or actually visit a dealership. Now, quicker patches like these can deploy within hours of a complaint. And the time has come that so many VR lovers in the world have been waiting for No Man's Sky massive game-changing beyond update finally has a release date and that's August 14th. That's going to bring their big VR update as well. The date's announcement was made in a blog post on developer Hello Games' website, along with the very short teaser trailer. Now, according to Hello Games, the Beyond update is three major updates all rolled into one. The first update will be No Man's Sky's new and expanded online multiplayer and social features. It isn't exactly clear yet what this new online experience will look like or how it will change the game, but we will know soon enough. The game's managing director, Sean Murray, has previously told Polygon it includes a radical new social and multiplayer experience which empowers players everywhere in the universe to meet and play together. While this brings people together like never before and has many recognizable online elements, we don't consider No Man's Sky to be an MMO. It won't require a subscription, won't contain microtransactions, and will be free for all existing players. The second major component of the Beyond update will be to add VR support to No Man's Sky. The feature will be available in any part of the game, including multiplayer, where players will be allowed to play in VR alongside non-VR friends. 
For now, these are the only parts of the Beyond update that Hello Games has revealed, but we're sure to get more details in the coming weeks, either before the patch or when the patch goes live on August 14th. Beyond will be a free update for all No Man's Sky players. The latest bout in Las Vegas is not taking place in a ruckus casino boxing ring, but in the hushed rooms of planning committees. The reigning champion, the Las Vegas Monorail, is uh, facing upstart challenger The Boring Company in a fight to decide the future of Sin City's urban transportation. Now, in May, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority approved a $48.7 million contract for The Boring Company to design and build a short underground transit system at the city's convention center, this using Tesla's electric vehicle running through uh, narrow tunnels. The ambitious contract calls for the system, called the LVCC Loop, to be up and running in time for the city's biggest trade show, CES, in January of 2020. Now, over the next 18 months, TBC has to construct one pedestrian tunnel, 2.8-mile vehicle tunnels, and three underground stations, as well as modify and test seven-seater Tesla cars to carry up to 16 people. TBC has already submitted detailed construction plans to the city for review, which TechCrunch has obtained and recently raised $120 million in funding as well. Now, the company hopes to start construction later this summer, but TBC's tight deadlines and the payments it receives by meeting them could be jeopardized by the monorail's concerns concerns that the new tunnels could undermine its own system. To connect two parts of the convention center, the loop will have to burrow directly beneath the monorail's elevated tracks. At the final bell, the Winchester Town Board awarded the round to the monorail, conditioning the loop design's approval on regular coordination between TBC, the monorail, and the city's public works department. While the monorail and Elon Musk's loop don't yet compete directly, TBC's ultimate ambition is to expand the LVCC loop from a campus people mover to a Vegas-wide transit system serving the airport, the Strip, and well beyond. The monorail itself started as a short one-mile system shuttling tourists between the MGM Grand and another hotel using monorail cars bought from Disney World in Florida. It now extends nearly four miles and carries up to 67,000 passengers a day during its busiest times. TBC has promised that the Loop will be able to handle up to 4,400 passengers an hour. That's equivalent to more than 100,000 passengers a day as soon as it becomes operational. And although TBC hopes its loop system will eventually span the city, a TBC contractor at the Winchester meeting said that public access could be limited for the time being. We will monitor how it's open to the public based on our commitment to our trade show customers on any given day, said Terry Miller of the Cordell Corporation, which has been awarded a $1 million contract to oversee the project. During CE Yes, it will be a little more difficult to have the public coming in and out than it would be for a smaller trade show. The next challenge for TBC is getting all the necessary permits to excavate a shaft to deploy its tunnel boring machine underground. 
Its schedule calls for construction to begin sometime in September. Amazon-owned home security company Ring is pursuing contracts with police departments in the United States that uh, would grant it direct access to real-time emergency dispatch data. This is a little worrying. Gizmodo has uh, learned that the California-based company is seeking police department's permission to tap into the computer-aided dispatch feeds used to automate and improve decisions made by emergency dispatch personnel and cut down on police response times. Ring has requested access to the data stream so it can curate crime news posts for its neighborhood watch app. It's called Neighbors, by the way. In an effort to provide relevant and reliable crime and safety information to our neighbors, one important source we rely on is CAD, the company told Gizmodo. Neighbors is an app through which users can share suspicions about alleged criminal activity in their neighborhoods. They can also post videos captured by their Ring doorbell cameras if they are using one. Using Neighbors does not require a Ring device, however. An internal police email dated April 2019 obtained by Gizmodo last week via a public records request stated that more than 225 U.S. police departments have entered into partnerships with Ring. The company has declined to confirm that or provide the actual number. Doing so, though, grants the department's access to a neighbor's law enforcement portal through which police can request access to videos captured by Ring doorbell cameras. This is where it gets scary. Ring says it does not provide the personal information of its customers to the authorities without consent, to with the company has positioned itself as an intermediary through uh, which police request access to citizen-captured surveillance footage uh, can be attained. When police make a request, they don't know who receives it, Ring says, until a user chooses to share their video. Users are also prompted with the option to review their footage before turning it over to the police. One of Ring's main selling points to police is that it can be used for community building. Police partnering with Ring are encouraged to talk with neighbors' users who are encouraged, in turn, to share tips about activity in their neighborhoods. Police can follow posts and receive updates via email as new tips or complaints roll in. According to the Ring documents acquired by Gizmodo, the direct address or latitude and longitude of emergency callers is among the information the Neighbors app requires police to provide, along with the time of the incident and the category and description of the alleged crime. Ring said that while it uses CAD data to generate its news alerts sensitive details such as the direct address of an incident or the number of police units responding are never included in that documentation. Electrify America has recently announced an agreement with San Francisco-based electric vehicle fleet charging company Stable Auto to deploy robotic charging solutions 
for self-driving vehicles in a pilot demonstration site in San Francisco. Now, Electrify America and Stable recognize the emergence of both electric and autonomous vehicle fleets and are jointly working to address the absence of dedicated charging facilities equipped for such vehicles. With this demonstration, the two companies will deploy a pilot system in San Francisco. This is aimed at charging autonomous vehicles without human intervention using some sort of robotic solution attached to a 150 kilowatt DC fast charger. This charging location will be Stable's first commercial autonomous charging site and is anticipated to be open sometime in early 2020. As part of this agreement, Electrify America will evaluate the hardware, network, operations, and billing of its charging systems to best suit autonomous charging fleets. Electrify America has provided 250 kilowatt DC fast chargers to Stable's charging facility for initial development work behind demonstrating the commercial viability of those autonomous charging services for self-driving EVs. As part of Electrify America's Cycle 2 plans, the company announced that uh, they are going to conduct autonomous charging demonstrations to better understand the optimal charging site design, hardware, and back-end solutions. Information from this first site will also help both companies evaluate appropriate business models for different autonomous fleet holders across various locations at commercial scale. PlayStation has introduced an online tournament where anyone can participate. PS4 Tournament's Challenger Series. This will be a seasonal tournament starting August 6th with Mortal Kombat 11. A post on the PlayStation blog by Steven Roberts, VP of Global Competitive Gaming, reads, We're inviting gamers of all skill levels to play and enjoy competitive online gaming from the comfort of their own homes on their PS4 console. We're kicking off the PS4 Tournament's Challenger Series on the 6th of August with Mortal Kombat 11, followed by FIFA 20, Battlefield 5, Warface, and other AAA titles coming later this year. The blog also went into detail about the structure and flow of the tournament. PS4 Tournament's Challenger Series is seasonal, giving you a chance to come back and compete in your favorite game's repeatedly. In each season, progress through stages to test your skills with a level playing field, earning prizes for your efforts. See how far you can go, then come back for the next season and see what new prizes you can win. There will be competitive stages. Every tournament season has three stages of competition. Everyone will start in stage one, and for Mortal Kombat 11, you must win at least three out of four matches to advance to stage two. This allows more chances to advance than in a single elimination structure, and in stage two, well, you will compete at a higher skill level and need to win to move on to stage three. In the final stage, you will join the best fighters to compete for the championship title. As you progress through the competition stages, the value of the prizes will increase. From unique game-specific dynamic themes to in-game currency and even cash prizes. There are plenty of reasons to compete throughout an entire season. You're going to have to check it out if you're a true gamer at heart. In October, millions of people can walk into an Australia IKEA store and buy a Sano speaker for just 149 bucks. There's a more expensive speaker lamp combo too, but the idea is simple. 
IKEA wants to sell you affordable smart home goods that fit into IKEA furniture and work impressively well right out of the box. The new IKEA Sanos Symphonisk speakers are a meaningful shift from both companies involved. For now, the lineup is very simple with the table lamp equipped with the Sanos speaker on sale for $269 and then the bookshelf speaker that can also be installed as an actual bookshelf for $149. IKEA has only ever dipped its toes into the consumer electronics business with smart light bulbs and Sanos has never been in the furniture business either. Yet the marriage of brands makes sense. IKEA is great at furniture, which lives in the home. Sanos is great at wireless speakers, which also live in the home. What makes these new speakers more intriguing is the fact that Sanos is essentially offering its previously premium price technology at a very appealing price point. Whereas the cheapest Sanos speaker, the Play One, costs $229, the cheapest new Symphonisk speaker costs $149. And you can also drill it into your wall and make it into a bookshelf all its own. IKEA and Sanos are trying to change the way connected home gadgets work, and there's more in the hopper next year. The new IKEA Sanos gadgets will work with the IKEA app that controls the company's smart lights. The speakers will work with IKEA's new smart shades soon as well. Bit by bit, IKEA wants people who buy its furniture to feel like they're also part of the smart home movement. And that's very cool, especially if it's cheap. The Nintendo Switch might not be the first device you think of for a VR gaming experience, but you can't fault Nintendo's experiments with the medium. Earlier this year, we got Super Mario Odyssey and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on Labo VR. And now, the next title to land is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Within this mini VR adventure, you'll be able to explore four courses in 360 degrees and even go for a VR ride in a minecart as you guide Toad through his popular puzzle adventure. The free software update is available for you to download right now. San Francisco-based virtual reality startup Sandbox VR has something that I am super excited to check out. They've recently teamed up with CBS Interactive to launch a new Star Trek virtual reality experience later this fall. Star Trek Discovery Away Mission will allow you and six friends to enter the world of the series, complete with phasers, tricorders, and a holodeck to boot. The new experience will be available in existing Sandbox VR locations in Hong Kong, San Francisco Bay Area, and Los Angeles, and come to new locations in New York, Austin, San Diego, and Chicago soon after. The experience is being guided by Star Trek Discovery's Starfleet officer, Sylvia Tilly, uh, that's Mary Wiseman, and lasts for close to 30 minutes. Sandbox VR is one of a number of startups looking to take VR out of the home 
and into malls and other locations. One of the differences to VR operators like the Void is that uh, Sandbox puts less of an emphasis on physical cues. There are no real doors to open, and you won't bump into props as you roam the ice moon. Instead, players will be able to see themselves and their friends in VR, complete with the ability to look at one's fingers or give each other high fives. We do full body motion capture, explained Chen. You are tracked from head to toe. This allows Sandbox to run multiple experiences at each location and effectively function a bit more like a movie theater that may show different films back to back in the same theater. All of our experiences are available at all of our locations, said Hampton. That vision seems to resonate with investors who earlier this year gave the company 68 million bucks for its global expansion. Altogether, Sandbox VR plans to have 16 locations up and running by the end of the year. Scientists have created a robotic lens that is controlled by small eye movements, including double blinking to zoom in and out. How cool. Most soft robots are controlled manually or pre-programmed, but the lenses mimic the natural electric signals in the human eyeball that are active even when the eye itself is closed. Researchers from the University of California, San Diego harnessed this natural charge to control the lenses. They measured the electrical potential of the eye, called the electrooculographic signal, and then made lenses that would respond to that activity. Even if your eye cannot see anything, many people can still move their eyeball and generate this electrooculographic signal. The lens is made from polymers that expand when the electric current is applied. It's controlled by using five electrodes surrounding the eye, which act like muscles. Scientists hope that one day this could help create a prosthetic eye or possibly even a camera that can be controlled using your eyes alone. And now time for random headlines. These are stories that I didn't have time to get to today, but I thought deserved a little bit more attention. There's now a Razor electric SUV that you could possibly drive in the future if you could afford it. IRS is reminding 10,000 taxpayers that cryptocurrency is subject to taxes. Teen Fortnite champion won more than Tiger Woods did at the Masters. IndyCar, in partnership, will implement a single-source hybrid system in its race cars that will provide in excess of 900 horsepower. NanoLeaf's modular light squares can be turned into smart buttons. And finally, go behind the scenes of Gemini Man to figure out how they made Will Smith look 25 years younger. And finally, happening in this week's What The, a plane makes an emergency landing on a road right in front of a cop. Washington State Patrol Trooper Clint Thompson's dash cam captured the entire thing on video Thursday morning of a plane making an emergency landing on a busy street in Parkland. The plane's fuel system malfunctioned while flying to Yelm from Boeing Field in Seattle, but stopped perfectly at the traffic light on Pacific Avenue in Pierce County. Thompson and the pilot quickly pushed the plane into a nearby parking lot. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think we should feature on the program, you need to shoot me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update, 
and check out the podcast. Audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Audioburst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world. Your weekly tech update brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax. For more information, visit HolidayHomeCarePI.com or email HolidayHomeCarePI at gmail.com.